Welcome to episode 53 of Defenders of the Bank with Macho Man, Philly Savage, and the retirement of Scarf Hogan. Today's episode is called Downing the Energy Drinks or Red Bulls Will Give Us Wins. We played that team from the Garden State today. They came in all tough and stuff, and the only thing that happened was they got beaten rough. Yeah. Woo! Who is giving who wings now? On today's show, we will give you our This Day in LAFC History, provided by yes. Scarf Hogan. That's me. We will give you our match recap, provided by the both of us. That's We're going to give you our wait, what, what, moment of the podcast, and quite frankly, that's for the most part, is all that we're going to give you. In the middle of the week, we discussed a lot of things happening around the club, including the matchup history. We're going to try to make this as short as possible. Let's get into it. Could the New Jersey energy drinks be the victim of yet another bone storm scratch-off hit list? Yes. We'll find out how that happened. It's a yes. But before we even do that, we want to talk to all of you about center mid-chicks really, really quickly. If you haven't checked them out... Their pilot is available on our platform. They are trying to storm through the gates of the NWSL and leave a black and gold bruising on the podcasting world. Or at the very least, plant their Neil Armstrong on uncharted territory in the NWSL podcast world. Center Midchicks, check them out. But Scarf Hogan and yes, I are going to get right into it. Scarf Hogan is going to give us our This Day in LAFC History. Take it on, brother. That's right. We played the game today on August 11th. And on August 11, 2018, one year ago today, it was a dark day in LAFC history as we lost for the very first time at Bank of California Stadium to Sporting Kansas City 2 nothing. We were previously unbeaten in 14 matches across all competitions, but unfortunately, we lose this one 2-0 behind the goalkeeping of Luis Buba Lopez, who a lot of people predicted would be our starting goalie for our inaugural season. This was his only start of the season. He played the full 90, gave up two goals. We lost 2-0. It was also the LAFC debut for the recently departed, he's not dead, he just got traded, Christian Ramirez. He came on as a sub in the 85th minute in that game. Of course, the loss 2-0 to Sporting Kansas City. But if you're listening to this tomorrow, if you woke up from the match and you thought, you know what, I really need to hear what happened in that match. I want to listen to Defenders of the Bank because we know that Defenders will be there in the morning when we wake up. That is what they do. Do me a favor. Get on your Twitter. Get on your Instagram. Get on your Facebook and wish a very happy birthday to one of our starters for this game. And we'll talk about why Tristan Blackman, the third overall pick in last year's MLS Super Draft. Happy birthday, Tristan Blackman. I believe it is number 23 for Tristan. The kid still looks like he's 16 or 17, but a very happy birthday from Defenders of the Bank and all of our black and gold faithful. And just in case it takes you a little while to get to this, 
on August 14th. I want to make sure I get to this date as well. We'll talk about the 15th a little bit later as that's my dad's birthday. But on August 14th, happy birthday to Irvin Magic Johnson, a LAFC owner and, of course, a Hall of Famer and part of Showtime history with the Lakers. It is his 60th birthday on August 14th, but not to be outdone in his 26th birthday. Happy birthday to Aaron Kovar, one of our inaugural team members. He retired at the end of last season. And then last thing, on August 14th, 2018, so lots going on on August 14th, Diego Rossi was voted the 2018 U.S. Open Cup Player of the Semifinal Round despite losing to Houston on PKs 7-6 after playing to a 3-3 tie. Rossi was still named the Player of the Semifinal Round. A late equalizer in the 95th minute was his third goal for the hat trick. And the last thing, another thing on August 14th, 2018, the Fields opened its doors for the first time. The Fields, one of LA's upscale food halls, one of our favorite places to eat while we're at the bank. And that has been this day in LAFC history. Thank you, Scarf Hogan. The reason I'm calling him Scarf Hogan, if you were at the tailgate at Christmas Tree Lane, you would have seen JR, the Scarf Lieber, dressed up as Hulk Hogan, and you would obviously have noticed me, Philly, dressed up as Macho Man Philly Savage. People asked us, why the heck are you guys doing this? And quite frankly, we just decided, why the heck not? There was really no rhyme and reason. We just decided to do it. And bearing that in mind, let's go on with the match recap. Let's do it. It was a long day. I've got this sugar-free Red Bull in my hand. I've been guzzling it, and just like LAFC did, I'm going to crush this can and toss it out, much like the Macho Man did to Tito Santana to reclaim the Intercontinental Championship belt. Yeah! Now, LAFC entered this game, the best in the West, and... The best in the MLS. We were feasting on the East, and... Best in the West. With 23 games played. Played prior to today, we are rocking a 16-3-4 record. A league-leading 52 points. Yes. A league-leading 2.26 points per game. Goals for 61. Whopping 61 goals per game with 23 goals allowed. Looney Tunes. A goal differential of 38. We are absolutely killing it. We have defended the bank so tightly, we might as well change the name from Bank of California to Fort Knox West, brother. There is no one coming in here and stealing any gold from the black and gold. We maintained a record of 9-0-1 prior to the matchup today. A 7-3-3 record on the road, which hands down is better than almost half the teams in the league's home records. Today, though, we are seeing red. Due to the fact that we were playing the Red Bulls, we haven't beaten this team in our young history. The Red Bulls coming in this game with Royer the Destroyer in our sights. Our defenders... 
They were getting ready to put his head in our black and gold guillotine and chop his head like he committed a crime against the crown. And by crown, I mean we, the kings and queens of LAFC. But meanwhile, creeping in the Garden State, in the putrid village of Harrison, New Jersey, the energy drinks sit five points behind the division-leading Philadelphia Union with 37-point scarf. Fourth place, two points separate the Harrison Wing Drinks from second place with Atlanta United. (laughs) A goal differential of seven. However, they walked into the bank with a 3-5-3 away record, and the odds are that we would Rusev crush these guys. And quite honestly, that's kind of what we did. You know, Philly sits here at beautiful Phil Monster Studios in Burbank, California, and and he's like a mad scientist in his lab here. He sits and he writes these intros and he puts so much into it. The only thing that's more fun, I think, than him actually writing some of these intros that he does is me getting to sit here and watch him actually read it. He puts so much into these intros. It is so much fun. Look, the Red Bulls came in and we definitely wanted to avenge our loss last season. It was a bad loss. We talked about it last time. We gave up a goal in the 80th minute, unfortunately, We have seen a new trend happen here in 2019 that this game followed 100%. But let's talk about the lineups coming in. First, it was really cool for us to be able to see for the very first time a player who will be wearing number 17 when he finally takes the pitch, Brian Rodriguez from Peñarol. It was pretty cool to see him introduced to the black and gold faithful out there. It definitely gave us the energy boost that we would normally need from something like a Red Bull energy drink. (laughs) Really cool to see Brian Rodriguez out there on the pitch for the first time. What I didn't like, though, Philly, was seeing Walker Zimmerman out there in street clothes, unfortunately unable to play in this game due to yellow card accumulation. But, Philly, we came out in a 4-3-3 with our OG back there in goal, and I call him an OG because, unfortunately, he, he had score an OG. an OG later in the game. Philly, who started out for your black and gold? So, between the pipes, we had Tyler Miller. Our back line, Scarf alluded to that. We did not have Walker Zimmerman. Yellow card accumulation prevented him from being in this lineup, but we did have, for the most part, an OG lineup. Our boy, who we re-signed off of a six-month loan to a permanent contract, we had Eddie Segura. We had no doubts that this man would be the individual replacing Walker Zimmerman in the back line. Tristan Blackman graced Bank of California Stadium with his presence. We had Jordan Harvey. Boy, did this man pad his stats. More on that later. Great game. We had Stephen Betashore rounding out our back line. Also played a great game. In our midfield, we had Edward Atuesta. Did not play we had. Perfect. <laughs> we had Latif <laughs> Blessing. Here's another man who yeah. padded his stats. We had Mark Anthony K. And forwards, we had Adama Diamande, Diego Rossi, and Carlos Vela Scarf. We pretty much extended a 
BA meaning a badass lineup to start off this matchup. Because of the fact that Pablo Cisniega had a shoulder strain injury, our friend, friend of the podcast, we interviewed him in one of the earlier episodes, and if you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend you do. He's got a tremendous story. Philip Ejimadu was on the bench today, number 40. I have his kit, that orange long sleeve keeper jersey. We love Philip Ejimadu. He graced our present scarf. That's right. Who else was on our bench? Yeah, you know, it was good for the fans to see Fito Zelaya featured in the 18. I'll let the cat out of the bag early. He did not play in this game, but it was cool to see Fito out there. We were able to play Name That Perez not once but twice. We'll talk about one of them later on in the game, but also in our 18 is Adrian Perez, Dayon Jakovic, Danilo Silva. So it was nice to see Danilo Silva back in the 18 and healthy and ready to compete. And, of course, Lee Wynn and Josh Perez round out our 18 Look, this is a really talented Red Bulls team. We talked about it in our last podcast. I hate these guys. They came out in a 4-2-3-1. Philly really does like number 31, Luis Robles, back there in goal. I believe you called him, what was it, the Arizona Assassin? The Arizona Assassin? I'll tell you what. Tell me what. To me, growing up in New York City, the Red Bulls, to me, are the Carson of New York City. There were a couple of Red Bull fans today, Scarf. At free play, after the game, these schmucks walked by me, and they wanted to high-five me, and they put their hand down and yelled Red Bull. I'm like, you guys are schmucks, and you're not New York. You're from New Jersey. You know what, I though? really dislike I, I got to tell guys. you, I had a little bit of a different impression. I met a few Red Bulls fans while we were out there in free play right after the game. And by the way, shout-out to free play. If you guys haven't been there after a match, look— there are some Julius games. Peppers? Oh, yeah. We, we had a couple Julius Peppers right after to celebrate like the win. five of them. And you know what? If you haven't been up to free play, first of all, after the Atlanta game, there were only about 9,000 people in free play. So it was a little crowded. But I got to be honest with you. It was a good time hanging out in free play, seeing all the great people who take really good care of us. I had a couple good conversations with the Red Bulls fans. I don't like them. I know you don't. So back in goal, number 31, Luis Robles. Of course, on the back line, we had Aaron Long, who's being watched by a lot of teams over in Europe. He survived the transfer window. Tim Parker, number 26 out there. Number 92. He had a hell of a save. No, Tim Parker had a great game today. Number 92, Kamar Lawrence, who we talked about before, was discovered at the Caribbean Combine, much like Peter Lee Vassell. A guy who sounds like he's the captain of a ship in some sort of fictional novel, Reese Buckmaster. That's right. Sounds more like a video game, like Deer Hunter. Right? He was called up just recently from Red Bulls 2, and he did not have a good game today, taking down Atuesta, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. A player who goes by the name of Alejandro Romero Gamara, also known as Kaku. He is one of the talisman there that really drives that. the Red Bulls engine. We had him. Christian Caceres, Sean Davis, Brian White, Daniel Royer, and Mark Rajitkowski. I probably pronounced that last one wrong because that was a new one for me. In the 18, what's interesting to me is just a couple of years ago, Michael Murillo was an all-star, and now he can't crack the 18. A couple of other guys, though, to mention in the 18, and we'll talk about him in just a second. Bradley Wright Phillips, he of the over 100 goals scored in his career in the MLS, but we talked about the tough season that he's had so far, just two goals 
on the season, though. He's played in well over half of the Red Bulls games, and that rounds out the lineup for the New Jersey Metro Stars. I really don't like the squad. I mentioned earlier, this is the Carson of New York City. For all of you listening out there who are not a fan of the LA Galaxy, Carson. you claim that they are not LA. Well, for a born and raised and born and bred New Yorker, this is exactly how I feel about the Red Bulls. They are not a New York team. They basically are New Jersey. And for every born and raised New Yorker, New Jersey truthfully is the armpit of the United States. They call themselves the Garden State, but if you go to Harrison, New Jersey, you will look around and go, where the hell are the gardens in this town? There are no gardens in this town. Harrison is a putrid place. The Red Bulls play in a very beautiful stadium. Red Bull Arena Stadium, whatever they call it, is a really nice place. However, their fan base, the way I'm going to describe them, is a word that rhymes with zit. It is a very nice place that does not get filled up. There is a Red Army, but I'll tell you what. I, I, I went to college and I had more people in my economics class than there are members of the Red Army that go there on a consistent basis. Not a very unbelievable supporters group as far as fans are concerned. So that is my only opinion. To me, I take this game very personally because for a lot of you out there who are born and bred in Los Angeles, you claim... And I agree with you that Carson is not L.A. That is exactly how I feel about Harrison, New Jersey. And I get really, really offended. This is Philly talking. I get really, really offended by the fact that this team claims New York. But in reality, they are New Jersey. And it makes my blood boil, Scarf. For all of you that want to have something that relates to this that has nothing to do with Carson, I'm going to tell you the name of a team and for all of you that don't react with a bleh, that's on you. The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Oh, bleh. So it's like that. I'm not even from here and I'm so, going bleh. So Philly, as you guys can tell, Philly is pretty passionate about this one. I think he spent the last five or six minutes telling you exactly how he feels I about hate this Harrison, New Jersey, New Jersey in general, the Red Bulls, New York, New Jersey, Metro Stars, whatever he wants to call them. So it's like when the Anaheim Angels change their name to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. It's just not something that sits well with born and bred New Yorkers. But that being said, Philly, let's get into the match. We had Brian Rodriguez introduced right before the game. Number 17. Yeah, it was a pretty uneventful start to the game, to be perfectly honest. It wasn't until, what, I believe the 11th minute where your boy, Royer the Destroyer, Test Tyler Miller for the first time. Miller makes his first save. And honestly, there were a ton of times in this game where you yelled out Tyler, I yelled out Miller. He had a pretty solid game, I would say, in goal. Not a lot was his fault that went on there in the back line. So a great game there for Tyler Miller making his first save on Royer. Kakuta-Royer has been a really lethal combination. We talked about how Royer came into the match leading both his team in goals and assists. 
That was not to be the case today for Royer, but in the 11th minute, Tyler Miller making his first save. Carlos Vela just a couple minutes later has his shot blocked a beautiful pass by Steven Betashore, and that would be a theme, by the way. What we're going to talk about, Philly, you and I, the amazing play from our wingbacks, Jordan Harvey and Stephen Betashore, the old guys maybe feeling a little bit as if a couple players breathing down their throats, all this talk of guys like Mohamed El Munir and now our new guy Diego that we just brought in really kind of breathing down their necks for some playing time maybe soon. But these guys stepped up and stepped up in a big way and Philly no more so than in the 23rd minute. Oh, without a doubt, the 23rd minute was caused by a New Jersey energy drink player called Christian Caceres Jr. That basically led to a set piece. In the 23rd minute, we ended up scoring a goal. A goal was scored by a player that doesn't necessarily get a lot of accolades in terms of goal scoring, but off of a set piece. Carlos Vela puts the ball in the air. He gets the assist, and the man who ends up punching the ball in the back of the net, past Luis Robles, Jordan Harvey, a header off of Carlos Vela. Boom! LAFC hits it. One to nil. Jordan Harvey, 35 years young, ends up scoring a goal and puts us ahead of these New Jersey energy drink scarf. Yeah, Philly, I was writing my note about that goal and I talked a lot in my note about Jordan Harvey and how happy I was that he was able to open his scoring account here with LAFC. It was he actually became the 19th player to score a goal in the black and gold. Congrats to Jordan Harvey for his first goal as a member of LAFC and Philly One of my favorite moments of the season had to be after the game. Of course, they're interviewing Jordan Harvey. Hey, congrats, man. You scored a goal. And what does he say he did it for? Oh, you know, my wife, she's carrying another child. Congratulations to Kimberly Caldwell Harvey. Of course, if you've not been to any of our games against the Montreal Impact, the Vancouver Whitecaps, or Toronto FC, then you have missed Kimberly Caldwell Harvey blow the doors off of O Canada. Well, apparently Jordan Harvey blew the doors off of Kimberly Caldwell Harvey one night because they're (laughs) expecting another kid. Congratulations to one of our favorite families at Bank of California Stadium, the Harvey and Caldwell Harvey family. They are expecting a kid. Jordan Harvey probably not expecting a goal. And as I'm writing that note, I look up and I see the old man, Stephen Betashore. And I got to say, first of all, shout out to Stephen Betashore because he and I had a little conversation after the game. So we're going to text you after this podcast, Stephen. We're really excited to have you on. Very excited to get the man, Stephen Betashore, on Defenders of the Bank. He makes the assist to everyone's favorite goal scorer, Latif Blessing. A shot from the very center of the box on a beautiful pass. I think it was originally intended for Diego Rossi, but Tim Parker does a great job of forcing... Actually, I think it was Aaron Long that did a great job of forcing Diego Rossi wide, but Latif kept making his run 
put it in the back of the net. And just like that, we are rolling to a 2-0 lead just 25 minutes in. And Philly, I thought we were going to roll right on through. But our newest trend that seems to be happening this season, not goals after the 80th minute, but unfortunately, goals after the 40th. Yeah, you know what? 80th minute was a hex that plagued us all of last season. We went in really quick up two goals. Jordan Harvey scored the first one. We talked about it. Latif Blessing, the star man playing on the right. His name is Latif Blessing and he's exploit of dynamite. He's really good. And you you would think that that would be all that would occur within the first half. But unfortunately, no. The New Jersey Energy Drinks decided otherwise. They ended up scoring a goal. Yeah, 42nd minute, Philly. It was one of those things where it looked like it was almost out of nothing, right, from Christian Caceres Jr. You and I were looking. Oh, yeah. It didn't look like he had a shot, and then all he did was turn, fire it in on goal, and... Look, I don't think it was Tyler Miller's fault. I don't think it was our defense's no fault. Don't Tyler Miller. Uh, personally, I felt like that one just, it was a ball that had eyes. We talk about it in baseball all the time, right? One of those ground balls that even if you're playing the shift and somehow it just finds a way through, that's what that shot seemed to me to be like off the foot of Christian Caceres. And yeah, and just like that, the New Jersey Energy Drink score a goal, making it two to one. But unfortunately, that wasn't the only goal that was to be scored, Scarf. In the 45th minute, as we were getting ready to take a break, to hit the loo, to hit the bathroom, to meet our buddy Chuck in the Founders Club, to get another drink, regardless of what that drink was, we didn't get it in a happy fashion because of the fact that there was an own goal scored by Tyler Miller. We called him an OG. <laughs> but it wasn't his fault. I'm not going to like claim that Tyler Miller took the kudos for this one. But unfortunately, going into the half, ball bounces off Tyler Miller. We go in 2-2. Two to two. Yeah, you know, the Red Bulls had, I don't know, four great scoring chances there in the last three or four minutes of the half. Really frustrating. Tim Parker had a great shot that was blocked. Brian White hits the post, and obviously then it goes off of Tyler Miller. Even before that, Daniel Royer had another great shot that had to be saved, and that wound up being the save of the match there by Tyler Miller. Just so much happening in those last five minutes. It was so frustrating because we build up all this momentum. The bank is rocking. We're up 2 nothing. And because of a couple of bad plays right at the end of the half, now all of a sudden New Jersey thinks that they belong on the same pitch as we do. They don't really belong anywhere. Frustrating. I hate that stupid squad. Uh, you really don't like them. Oh, God, do I hate and, them. And honestly, we came out in the second half, and you and I talked about it. I, I hope that Bob read them the riot act in the halftime speech because it just it was such a bad way to close out the half it's one of those things, you know, Phil Jackson would talk a lot when he was coaching the Bulls and the Lakers about the most important time in a quarter were those last two minutes. And if you could go on a 4 nothing, a 6-1, an 8-2 run to close out a quarter, all of a sudden you've taken that four-point lead to 10. You've taken that 10-point lead to 14. And it just feels different coming into the next quarter. Well, it felt different 
coming in to the second half and it was Mark Anthony K trying to score here in the 51st minute, but unfortunately he clipped a Red Bulls player as he continued to make his run. So that goal disallowed by VAR. By the way, Such Philly, I, I know play. you appreciate the English Premier League as much as anybody. The first ever goal that was disallowed by VAR in the EPL happened today as well. So, oh, without a doubt. You know, it's a brand new concept for the EPL. That's right. So we had it happen here. We had it happen in the EPL. Latif Blessing, just a minute later, a beautiful shot that was saved from the center of the box. And, and honestly, for the next, I don't know, 10 minutes or so, there wasn't a whole lot going on. Edward Atuesta, though, I wrote this in my notes. 54th minute, Tyler makes a great save, making the angle tough on the Red Bulls. And you felt like the Red Bulls started to play downhill a little bit. But in the 57th minute, Atuesta with a giveaway that led to a counter once again. And look, we don't bash players on this podcast. Never. But, but Edward Atuesta didn't have his best game of the season. He was really bothered by the Red Bulls. 58th minute, though, a couple of great scoring chances. Vela's shot was blocked. Rossi just misses a pass into the box. And, and really, not a whole lot happening until we get that fictional character, Reese Buckmaster, coming to the rescue for LAFC, taking Eduardo Tuesta down in the box. So as bad as I felt like he played, he got us a PK Philly. And who steps up to take it? The man. Oh, the left foot of God. Carlos Vela steps up 11 meters. It's him and the Arizona assassin, Luis Robles. Carlos Vela converts the penalty with a left-footed shot to the bottom right corner. And just like that, we go up 3-2 to two against the New Jersey Energy Drinks. And boy, was the bank rocking at that moment in time, Scarf. Yeah, you know, I think Carlos Vela, to be perfectly honest, I know I'm doing it, so I'm going to say that Carlos Vela is doing it too. I think he's starting to look over his shoulder a little bit at that guy in Atlanta we know how potent of a goal scorer Joseph Martinez can be. Oh, He yeah. got two more Ooh, today. Yeah. That's 10 straight games, by the way, with a goal for Joseph Martinez. So maybe looking over his shoulder a little bit, but that is number 23. That is a Michael Jordan for him on the season. 23 goals for Carlos Vela, the golden boot leader and the unquestioned MVP of the league so far and look what makes carlos vela so special is his ability to convert on set pieces it's how jordan harvey scored a goal and it's also how eddie segura scored a goal philly in the 72nd minute a perfect through ball here's what i love though philly more than anything else who is our most lethal weapon on the back line, on these set pieces. Who do we shove into the box all the time so that he can try to get a goal for us? What was his first 13 goals in the MLS were off of set pieces? Who was on the bench for us tonight? Couldn't even play in street clothes? Walker Zimmerman. That's right. He is our most lethal aerial attacker. But yet, despite that, Carlos Vela finds Jordan Harvey. Carlos Vela finds Eddie Segura. Eddie Segura scored a goal today, folks. 
steady. Eddie became the 20th different player to score a goal for LAFC. By the way, the goal that Carlos Vela scored off the PK, it is his 40th goal across all competitions for LAFC. Now, Philly, I know you're dreading 40 because it's coming up next year. Oh, God. But we certainly were happy that Carlos Vela was able to get to 40. The 20th different player with Eddie Segura scoring. And by the way, history happening at Bank of California Stadium. Sebastian Giovinco, no longer in the MLS. Philly, where is Sebastian Giovinco playing right now? Do you know? No. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know where Sebastian Giovinco is playing, but it's not in the MLS. He, a couple years ago, 38 combined goals and assists took him all season. We are at the 24-game mark. 24 games. 10 games to go. Carlos Vela has equaled Sebastian Giovinco with 38 Goals and assists combined on the season. Are you kidding me? Unbelievable. Love it. Zlatan, you could talk all you want about how old you were playing in Europe. But you know what? Carlos Vela is not in Europe. He's in the United States. And he is breaking hearts and setting trends. And the news is felt and heard Globally, this is his league. You could claim that you're a great player, but in reality, Carlos Vela is the premier player in Major League Soccer. Nobody comes close. Carlos Vela is the man. Not only does he kill it when it comes to assists, he kills it when it comes to goals. And he is the leading scorer and the leading assist man on the number one team in the MLS. The team that is the best in the MLS and the best in the West. You reverse the team it that, time. that feasts on the East and bests <laughs> the West. That's right. Carlos Vela is God in this league, Scarf. Philly, we talked about it. It's Sunday. This is where we all go to worship. This is our cathedral that we come home to on Sundays. We had a substitution in the 82nd minute. Of course, Lee Wynn checking in for Mark Anthony K. Who, 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 sir? <coughs> and Josh Perez, we get to play Name That Perez for the second time. Josh Perez is this Perez oh. checking in for Diego so Rossi. Close. Oh, my goodness. Look. We have said it on this podcast. Everyone knows I'm a huge Adrian Perez fan. We are both huge Josh Perez fans. If you know what this kid has gone through to get back to where he is now in the MLS, in the 90th minute, we were all out of our seats. Carlos Vela with a beautiful through ball to Josh Perez hustling all the way back to block. It was Tim Parker. An absolutely great hustle play on what could have and should have been the first goal for LAFC in the career of Josh Perez and could have given Vela another assist to break the points record in a single season. But that being said, that's it. We had a couple of good chances. 
in stoppage time. Adama Diamande got close, just missed one. And that wound up being the match. Philly, what I love about this win, we win 4-2, but it's a win with warts, right? It's a win with things that we have to look at the videotape and correct. We have to get a little bit better in certain areas. We have to be able to close out a half. We have to pass a little bit better from the midfield than we did today. I actually thought our defenders probably played some of their best of the season, especially the two guys on the outside are wingbacks. Jordan Harvey, Steven Betashore. I thought Diego Rossi played a heck of a game. I, look, Latif had one bad giveaway, which did lead to a goal. Absolutely. But I thought, again, Latif Blessing played well for us. Philly, I love wins like this because even though we win, even though we extend our near record-setting goal differential, what we'll talk about in a second, we still have things to work on, and it's got to feel good for LAFC and Bob Bradley to know that even though we win, we still have to work on some stuff, but we won handily. And you know what? It was the midfielders and the forwards that were the only people participating in the scoring column. Jordan Harvey scores the goal. If you're a fan of the club, you know that that man's not a midfielder or a forward. He's a defender. He scored a goal. Eddie Segura, a man who was on a six-month loan that we ended up signing to a long-term contract, scores another goal. Quite honestly, we could have walked away with just the defenders scoring a goal, and we would have had at least a point. But we're greedy, and we want to kill everyone in this league. And you know what? That's exactly what we did. We win 4-2. to two. Quite honestly, it could have been 5-2. to two. They went to the VAR. Mark Anthony K's goal was disallowed. Could have been six to two. Josh Perez. Oh my God! Josh oh. Perez came really, really. I, I don't know close. where my voice just went after that. By the way, and and Philly, you're not hitting puberty now on me, are oh, you? Scarf? Not, not again. That was brutal. Not again. And, and Philly, you oh, said nah, nah. that we were being greedy by getting these points. That is a beautiful segue, Philly, to our supporter shield update because yeah. this week, oh my goodness, LAFC fans, if you are a fan of LAFC winning our first bit of hardware, the Supporters' Shield. This weekend was huge. Let's talk about it. Coming into the week, second, third, and fourth teams behind us were all at 38 points. We talked about it. The best that they could do was a total of 71. Well, guess what? They all hit a bump in the road. Minnesota United lost to Dallas 5-3. San Jose, who has been looking so good as of late, lost to Colorado, who at the time was at the bottom of the table. So both those teams remain at 38 points, and now the best that they can score if they win out their last 10 games is 68 points. LAFC, we are at 55 points through 24 games, which means our best total possible is 85. The next two teams behind us are now at 68. Seattle draws against New England. That point actually moves them into second place in the West. 39 points. The best they can do is 69 points. Giga T. <laughs> LAFC is now 16 points clear of Seattle. Let's talk about Carson. They played 
the district of Columbia's finest, the fighting for another half of a season. Wayne Rooney's lost two to one. <laughs> keeps Suckers. him at 37 points. That's right. Keeps him at 37. So the best they can do is Second 67 points. 67 points. We're 18 points clear of Carson. That's six wins. You're irrelevant. Right? Let's, You're irrelevant. Let's take a look at the East. Philly and Atlanta, they both win. They're both on a pace for 69, again, giggity points. We talked about the team that we had to worry about, NYCFC. Well, that win by Atlanta was over NYCFC. So that drops their possibility to 71 points. So we are looking at now, Philly, here's the best news of all. We are now 14 points clear of anybody in the league with just 10 games to play, which means all we now need are 72 points. We are sitting at 55. That's 17 points, Philly, over our last 10 games. 17, you mentioned four it. and three is a record. Scarfy with a plus 40. This is a ridiculous FIFA on easy number. And We're Philly, at a plus 40 goal differential, Scarf. Philly, you mentioned it at the top of the podcast. We are averaging 2.2 now, 2.29 points a game after this one. Are you kidding me? All we need to do now is average 1.7 points a game over our last 10. Couple of things to consider, Philly. You just talked about the bananas, the Looney Tunes, the video game goal differential of 40. Philly, do you know over the course of a 34-game season what the record is for goal differential? I bet you do. I bet I do too, but you know what? You are on fire, Thank Scarf you. Hogan. Why don't you tell the listeners out there what that number is? 41. Oh my God. We are just one away. So, so you're telling me, Philly, that all we have to do over our last 10 games is to win six of them and we walk to the Supporters' Shield? Over the last 10 games, if we win six, I'm going to assume that our goal differential will be better than plus one because I don't know, like you mentioned, we have plus 40, 40. By the way, I know you're looking at it. Philly, what's the goal differential for FC Cincinnati right now? <laughs> it's comical. It's minus 32. Yeah, minus they're, 32. They're only five away from tying the record for worst goal differential in a season, which is minus 37. So look, my favorite part though about everything that I'm talking about, we played the New Jersey energy drinks, as you like to call them, the former New York, New Jersey Metro Stars. God, I hate them. They're the ones that hold the record for the most points in an MLS season. Not we're, for long. We're Scarf. on pace for 85. Not for long. 85. So their record, it must be in the 80s, right? It must be close. It must be at least in the high 70s. It must be at least in the mid 70s. Nope. 71. We are on pace to shatter the most points scored in a season. The record for goal differential, plus 41. We are on pace to shatter the goal differential record. This is such a stupid statistic. Goal differential of plus 40? Oh. Seriously. And Carlos this is Vela. what beginners do when they play FIFA soccer on their PlayStation. That's right. When We're I put doing it, it in real mode. life. Oh. And, and again, Carlos Vela about to set a record with his next point scored will be the highest total of goals and assists in a single season. Philly, you mentioned it before. We are the best in the West and the best in the MLS. We not only 
do what we did this weekend, feast on the East, but... We so best the West. I can't wait, Philly, for our next game against real, as you like to call them, Salt Lake, a team that we have already beaten twice this season. We beat them in the Open Cup. We beat them in the regular season. And I can't wait, Philly, to take on real Salt Lake in... Real salty, Sandy, Utah, on the 17th. We've got a little bit of a stretch here, though, Philly. I believe, what, we have three games from the 17th to the 25th. We've got that game against Real Salt Lake. We've got the game against San Jose at the bank on the 21st. And then, of course, the battle for L.A., where we begin the quest to even out the record, going from 0-2-2 to 1-2-2 with our win over the Carson Galaxy on the 25th. Three huge games coming up in just about a week and a half's time. I can't wait to see what our goal differential, our points, and our place in MLS history is after these three games. Scarf, we're breaking hearts and we're setting trends worldwide. Love it. And by that, I mean our club. We're absolutely killing the competition and it is a very, very exciting season. For those of you out there who are fans of this club, we are living in an unbelievable environment right now. An environment that is a record-setting, if not record-breaking kind of an atmosphere. Yes. This is unprecedented. To have a plus 40 goal differential, again, this is crazy. All the leagues that all of you out there follow, whether it's the Premier League, La Liga, Serie A, to have a team that goes out there three quarters of the season with a plus 40 goal differential, it's not something that is a common occurrence. But we are experiencing that with LAFC and with the black and gold. We are absolutely killing everybody. And we are never going to grow tired of saying that we are the best in the West and the best in the MLS and the fact that we feast on the East and we best the West. If you are tired of hearing Scarf and I say that, I mentioned this several episodes ago, you are not a true fan because you know what? We're killing everybody and it feels really, really good. I love to see that we are checking off teams on Bone Storm's hit list. I love that. (laughs) We have almost annihilated every single team on the MLS list with one stupid team Ugh. that resides down the freeway that we will see once again at Bank of California Stadium on August the 25th. We could really go into depth in regards to our hatred and the statistics, but we will refrain from the time being. It's an itch that we want to scratch, but we will scratch it later, Scarf. Yeah, one of the things that we just want to mention, you mentioned a beatdown, and and if we could just talk about our friend Figgy. If you are not following at Figgy underscore LA, he laid a beatdown to the Mega Powers, both (laughs) Scarf Hogan and Philly Savage, we were, we were thrown to the mat, beaten on the canvas, and he walked away with the title belt. So I want to give a shout-out to our guys over at Figgy underscore LA. We love those guys. Thank you. They gave us this awesome pin, too. There is no cooler mini mascot going than at Figgy underscore LA. And, of course, I also want to thank Bruce Almighty for the awesome scarf. You are the man, sir. 
if you don't know, I do collect a scarf or two in my time. No way. And all of our friends, Rachel and Sharice and everybody over at LAFC HQ, a big shout out to Malachi as well. I, I, I'm broke. Thank you. I had to buy four. I had to buy like someone twisted my arm and made me buy scarves. I bought four new scarves today from LAFC HQ. It's putting me close to a hundred different LAFC You're a scarves. Sick man. Yes, but you collect jerseys, so you understand. But I'm he, also a sick man. Here's that's true. Here's what I will say. When I hit one hundred, I've got a giveaway planned for everybody. When I hit one hundred, I'm gonna give away you are disqualified, yes. Damn it. I am going to give away not one, not two. Not three, but four different LAFC scarves. Because why not? You know what? A hundred LAFC scarves. I'm not there yet. But when I get there, when I get there, brother, we're going to have the biggest, baddest giveaway in the history of scarfdom on the Instagram. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Philly, this has been a really fun podcast. I feel like we kind of we kind of blew through this a little bit. What do you think? We we did, but we definitely talked about a lot of things we wanted to talk about earlier on in the week. We gave the listeners out there a preview of the matchup against the New Jersey Energy Drinks. And you know what? It's a good thing. But I, I do not want to leave this podcast without giving a shout out to the Cuervos. You guys, we situate ourselves yes. right next to you at every single tailgate. I I absolutely love the hospitality. You help us set up our tent, you help us unload our car, and you feed us. God bless the Cuervos. <laughs> hey, the best place to get breakfast on Christmas Tree Lane is the, the Crow's, crow's nest, nest, baby. Absolutely. And look, we can't mention the entire title for their new women's shirts that they have, but Caw caw indeed a big thank you to our friends over at the Cuervos a big thank you by the way to all of our listeners out there if and to all the SGs us, you guys are all incredible oh absolutely we had everybody come over from a bunch of different SGs you know our, our buddy Fern from Expos he came over for a little bit Hank always shoots the breeze with us our friends over at Black Army D9U Slim right across the way Slim Abs- I mean look this club, there's just so many Su awesome Jin, people. She shares a birthday with me on August the 13th. That's right. Mother beloved, homie. But she did not love the mascot that you sent her on Instagram. Hey, that I'm sorry true. that Manchester not, United not a beat fan. the Chelsea Blues. <laughs> if you're but, not a mank, you're a wank. But honestly, a big thank Mother you to Su everybody Jin. out there who is listening to Defenders of the Bank. Again, if you're not following us, at Defenders of the Bank on Facebook and Instagram and at Twitter, at Defend the Bank. And again, please, give Center Mid Chicks a listen. Follow them at Center Mid Chicks. That's C-E-N-T-E-R-M-I-D-C-H-I-C-K-S. That's a man who can spell. Instagram and Twitter. Look, we have so much fun doing this, but it's also fun watching the baby bird fly from the nest, which we have talked about. Lots of great action in the NWSL. It's going to be even better when team number 10 resides here in the black and gold of Los Angeles. Thank you guys for listening to episode 53, and you guys know how we like to end it. Bye-bye.